Welcome to the Tales of Mythic Adventure podcast, coming to you from distant shores. Welcome to the Tales of Mythic Adventure podcast. My name's Michael O'Brien. I'm a vice president of Chaosy, or at least one of them, and I'm talking to you from Australia, from Melbourne, Australia, where uh, I have Chaosium's Down Under headquarters. But this week, I'm actually putting in a call to Berlin, Germany, not to talk to Jeff Richard, our creative director, who also just happens to live in Berlin, but Joe Pulver. Joe Pulver is the editor of the Chaosium fiction release, Casilda's Song, an anthology that came out last year and has been nominated for two World Fantasy Awards. We're pretty excited about that, so we thought we'd catch up with Joe to find out all about it. Hello. Hi, Michael. How are you? Very good. So can you hear me fine, Joe? I can. I can hear you as if you're sitting right here. Isn't that amazing? Okay, so we're ready to go. I've got the call recorder on. So um, in just a second, we're going to start the interview. Okay, great. And we're here today talking to Joseph S. Pulver, and he is the editor of a recent Chaosium fiction uh, anthology, Casilda Song. How are you, Joe? I'm wonderful. How are you How are you doing? I'm very good. So I'm here in Australia, and Joe, you're in Berlin, I understand. Yep, in Germany. Fantastic. And, you, and you've lived there for a few years, too, I believe. Yep. Terrific. Better part, better part of a decade now. Wow. So uh, I guess with uh, the internet, with Skype and things like that, it makes it uh, a lot easier to be an anthologist these days than it was perhaps uh, a long time ago when you started out. Uh, that's certainly true. Um, where, wherever you can plug in your laptop, you can pretty much do business. So, uh, Joe, we got some very exciting news about Casilda's song uh, about a month or two months ago. And that was that it was nominated not for one World Fantasy Award, but two. That's that's true. Yep, I was delighted. Uh, uh, Selena Chambers' story in the volume was nominated in the short fiction category, um, which I just thrilled me to no end. And the anthology itself was nominated in the... Uh, uh, edited anthology category. Um, yeah, it's, so it's, I'm very, very, very happy. Yeah, it was very exciting, exciting news. So, uh, can you tell our uh, listeners a little bit about Casilda's song? Sure. Um, I, I'm known as a huge Robert W. Chambers advocate. Mm-hmm. I've been writing Philip King and Yellow stories since for 20 years. Um, I've written, I don't know, 40 plus. Uh, just finished the King and Yellow novel. Um, and uh, I'm a huge fan of Carl Edgar Wagner. His River of Night's Dreaming, which is a Chambers tribute, um, is. I think one of the finest pieces of weird fiction written in the 20th century. And Peter Straub, in his introduction to Wagner's 
in a, in a lonely place. Uh, Peter Straub says the same thing, that it, The River of Night's Dreaming is one of the finest pieces of weird fiction that appeared in the last half of the 20th century. Um, and I've always wanted to read more fiction based on Chambers, King, and Yellow. Mm-hmm. And I emphasize Chambers because um, August Derelith um, wanted to incorporate Chambers' creations into the Cthulhu mythos, and I'm not a fan of what he did with that. Um, that works, can work real well with gaming, and mm-hmm. um, but when it comes to the fiction, I don't want Chambers to be a moon circling the H.P. Lovecraft sun. I want Chambers' King and Yellow work to be the sun in its own solar system. It's its own solar system, sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, because Lovecraft and Chambers, it's two different kinds of cosmic horror, and I think when you bring Chambers in to the Cthulhu mythos, you diminish the Chambers um, work. Uh, the other thing, too, is, is one of the things that's so quintessential in Chambers' core King and Yellow Tales and in Wagner, and hopefully in what I've done, and, and other people I've, you know, like uh, what's in Casilda's song, is the myste- the elements of mystery remain. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I understand how fun it is, can be to fill in all the gaps, um, but one of the beauties of the king in yellow is you don't get to see much behind the curtain. And yeah, I the, think the mystique remains, is, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and that's what remains so alluring is you get hints and ideas, you get traces. It's it's like a woman's walk through the room twenty minutes ago and when you enter she's exited, but there's this perfume. Mm-hmm. And it is beguiling. Uh, so that that so that's one of the things I I try very hard to maintain is let's let's not fill in all the gaps here, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, let's so, go ahead. So when when uh, <clears throat> when you commissioned the the book, um, there was uh, part of the brief was. Um, <clears throat> the contributors that you were looking for, and how did you go about finding the people to to contribute to the anthology? Um, a, cu- a couple, a couple of them, I knew were fans of the work. Um, the the other ones, I didn't know if they even knew of the King in Yellow outside of perhaps having heard the the name. Um, but I was a fan of their work what I'd read of their work. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of these ladies, I think, are among the finest weird fiction practitioners working today. They may not be widely known, but everything I've read by them just floored me. And I was really interested in, if they were interested in the theme, what they would bring to it. 
And um, that that is actually something we we better uh, point out to our listeners. Um, all of the contributors to Concilda's to song are, in fact, uh, women writers. That's correct, for a specific reason. Uh, under normal circumstances, I wouldn't do all men or all women or all this or all that. Um, right. But when we open, in my case, uh, I'm 61. So in 1970, when I purchased the Ace Edition of the King in Yellow, just because I love the cover, right. um, uh, the first thing we encounter is Chambers' poem, Casilda's Song. Mm-hmm. And of course, Casilda is a is is a is a principal character in the play within the King and Yellow mythos, um, and it's always been in my head, you know, it's Casilda's song, right? It's her voice. Mm-hmm. So I'd had already done a vo- an anthology of King and Yellow stories, which is called The Season in Carcosa, and that was very well received. Um, and I thought, you know, for part two, I want to know what Casilda has to say. Hmm. So Casilda's a woman. That means I want to know what the women think. In addition, Ann Spader is a friend of mine for a dear friend of mine for the last couple of decades. And I have begged and cajoled and twisted her arm and threatened over and over and over, and she's written a lot of King and Yellow poetry, mm-hmm. which I adore. Um, and I always think she hits home runs. And I thought, you know, Anne, and there, there's been some other women over the years who've written a couple of King and Yellow stories, which I found um, interesting and good. Um, and, and I wanted to see, because we're in this weird fiction renaissance, we have so, the talent pool is so vast, mm-hmm. and so many of these incredible talents are women, I wanted to see what they would bring to this subject. And so, uh, it's it's obviously paid off with the WFA nomination. Uh, Laird Barron, in his review in Locus um, earlier this year, he actually said that um, 2015 was a good year for horror and for weird fiction anthologies and that Casilda's song was an able demonstration of why. Um, and he, I think he made a very good point. He said the table of contents is exceptional not for the fact that it's composed entirely of women, but rather for the high level of quality. Yeah. L- Laird in his, his, his review in, in Locus was very, very kind. He also called the anthology top shelf stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's of Selena Chambers, um, uh, award nominated story. He said it was gorgeous, intricately layered, extremely strange. This piece may be the blue ribbon exhibit in an exemplary batch. Wow. <laughs> well, that's, that's high yeah. praise indeed. It is. And, and Selena Chambers is one of my favorite writers, someone who I don't think has the exposure um, and, that she deserves. Um, and one of the first people I reached out to, um, I really wanted to see what she would bring to this. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, 
this this nomination just proves how talented a lady she is and how well she dealt with the subject matter. Yeah, well, we're actually going to be talking to uh, Selena here on Tales of Mythic Adventure uh, a little bit later. So well, oh, it'd be great, great to hear what she um, she has to say about the nomination. So the WFA Awards are coming up at the end of October at the uh, World Fantasy Convention, which is in Columbus, Ohio this year. So we'll have to have our uh, fingers crossed that um, not only is this a dual-nominated book, but maybe you might even win an award too. That would be really exciting. It, it would. Um, it, it, it's... It's up against a lot of incredible books. Yep. Um, Simon Strands has edited Eichmann's Heirs, which is a wonderful, wonderful achievement. Great book. Um, it's it's an absolute pleasure in a year with so many strong anthologies to be nominated. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it, I, it, it really is touching to look at the list of nominations and see Casilda's song listed there. Uh, we we are we are absolutely thrilled for you, Joe, and for uh, all of the contributors to the to the book as well, uh, particularly Selena for her yeah, nomination this, this, too. Yeah, the the anthology award really is a tribute to the contributors because I feel they they all brought their A game. Mm-hmm. They show just how talented they are um, and, and the range that they're able to cover. Um, so it's the really- nomination with, with uh, it, I may have been steering the ship, but it's the contributors who did all the rowing, <laughs> you know, they, yeah, they're the ones who metaphor. delivered. Yeah. Um, you know, this thing could have gotten nowhere without their mighty talents. So, Joe, uh, tell us a little bit about what you're working on at the moment. Um, I'm editing a King in Yellow novel, mm-hmm. my own. Um, I In end of October, I have another anthology call, coming out. It's called The Madness of Dr. Caligari, mm-hmm. which is tributes to the 1920 film. Right, um, and I'm very excited about that, and a lot of people seem excited with the with the table of contents. Um, and I have a number of short stories that are in the works. Um, and Joe, we have a uh, another Chaosium anthology that uh, it looks like we're um, sorting out the final details of right now. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, it's called The Leaves of a Necronomicon, and it is a novel-length round robin Mm -hmm. told by 20-some different writers, and the basic premise is we see the creation uh, about 120 years ago from, from now of a John D. translation of the Necronomicon. Mm-hmm. It's created in the beginning of the book, and then what happens is chapter by chapter, the book is handed over to someone else. And not just another writer, but this book travels from owner to owner to owner throughout this 
over a hundred year period. And we see what and how and if the Necronomicon itself affects each owner. And of course, each chapter is a different owner, so it's told in a completely different voice, often in a completely different narrative style. Um, there's mystery, there's Cthulhu mythos, there are holds. Um, perhaps when you were seven, you had a fire truck and you lost it somewhere along the way. Mm -hmm. Well, you might have lost it, um, but somebody else may have found it. Someone who doesn't know how much you loved it or what you did with it or that you received it for a present on Christmas Day. Um, so occasionally the book just goes from owner A to owner B with no explanation whatsoever. Um, because an item moving through time is going to change hands in a myriad of ways and it may not come with it may have a provenance for four or five or six owners mm -hmm. and then that may disappear and, and mean a lot to each one of them too that that's correct plus there's a few we'll call interludes in the book um which i won't explain but i i think they add a nice little layer of spice to what's going on and and yeah, and, and ultimately we're working up to perhaps the destruction of this book. Oh. Uh, that's that's the mystery that, you know, the reader is going to have to find out is, you know, this book has existed mm -hmm. and, and traveled throughout North America and Europe for 120 years. Um, and now here we are in the present day with this, you know, final owner what's going to happen to this book well this um, is something that we can all look forward to in the uh, forthcoming Ch uh, chaosium anthology the leaves of a necronomicon which is uh, edited by joseph s pulver who i've been talking to today joe it's been an absolute pleasure uh to talk to you today we wish oh, it was you wonderful talking to you michael I Really yeah. appreciate it. We'll, we will talk again as uh, the leaves of the Necronomicon uh, draws closer to its publication date. Um, all the best for the WFA Awards. And, uh, Thank you. Uh, our listeners, if you would like to read Casilda's song, it's available from chaosium.com, and you can also get it at Amazon and all the usual suspects. Thank you very much. Thank okay. you, Michael. You have a wonderful day. Thank you, Joe. Oh, the sun never sets on us. <laughs> <laughs>